Time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Wednesday edition, Scoops with Danny Mac. Cardinals are 2-2. Two and two. We'll visit with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. This is 101 ESPN. A reminder, it is Blues Hockey later tonight. Oh, yeah. That's right. Blues Hockey later tonight. Oh, and baseball. Blues, Cardinals, Hockey, Baseball, NBA back. So we do have sports back. Yes, we do. Pretty nice. I've been waiting for this for <laughs> over four months. I think everybody has. It's awesome to have. It's awesome to have baseball back. Cardinals lose yesterday to Minnesota. By the way, that lineup of the Twins is pretty darn good. Cardinals get bad news yesterday. Let's run through some of the things happening, uh, primarily with baseball. Little Blues we'll get into in the opening monologue. John Mozeliak and the Cardinals lose Miles Michaelis for the remainder of the season. Miles Michaelis, um, his right forearm flexor as uh, he experienced in spring training. We were, thought we were on a really good path, and then his last couple times on the mound, it just didn't feel quite right. Uh, received an MRI uh, yesterday. It was determined that he will need surgery on that uh, right forearm flexor, and it'll be a tendon repair. Should be uh, uh, back to throwing in about four months, so we do expect him ready to go. Uh, for spring training 2021. So back for spring training, Daniel Ponce de Leon from the bullpen into the rotation tonight against that very good Twins lineup. Jake Woodford goes from the taxi squad. He is now on the 30-man roster. Cardinals will have to make a subsequent move for that uh, the satellite to, from the satellite to the taxi squad. We'll know more about that, I'm sure, later this afternoon. If you want to text me, 657-80-65780. Danny Mack, what about Dylan Carlson this weekend? Well, we'll get into that uh, with Brian Walton. I have no idea. Uh, still, though, Tyler O'Neill looking good. Harrison Bader, eh. Lane Thomas, does he start tonight? We'll get into that. Now, what about the Marlins situation? Um, John Mozeliak addressed that before the first pitch yesterday. To have the flexibility to rethink scheduling, perhaps adding doubleheaders, I think you know that gives all of us some reason of hope that even if something should happen, we might be able to survive it as a league. So, as I've told you every day, my fingers are crossed, right, that this, we find a way to make this work. And, and you know, obviously reading about what happened yesterday and, and what we're learning more about today, I, I hope, like each, all teams understand that, that you know, wearing this all the time is, is going to be a benefit and, and following protocols is going to be a benefit. And so, you know, as, as we enter this, you know, really first turn of the season and to have team already um, affected in a way that they were, Hopefully everybody realizes the severity of how quickly this can spread if it does get into your clubhouse. So you got to wonder, does baseball go then on winning percentage if they don't fit in double headers? Do they fit in the entire schedule? Double headers do seem to be a part of this. Marlins missing essentially a week. They're going to try to fire it up either Monday or Tuesday next week. John Mozeliak, how he reacted about the news of the Marlins. Yesterday, it was sort of business as usual in the sense of... of you know, went, worked, you know, went to the plane and took off. And that part was, was pretty normal. But 
I think as you know, as we landed, followed what was happening in Miami, you, you understood the severity of what they were going through. And it certainly was a hot topic of discussion, but we didn't feel like um, our travel was going to be delayed or halted. Baseball forged through. They canceled the Yankees. Yankees said, though, the players themselves took a vote. They said, uh-uh, tell us where and we want to play. They were not supposed to play tonight. They're going to play tonight. Yankees said, "Uh uh-uh, we want to play. They're going to play tonight. I applaud them for that. Mike Schilt, yesterday the Cardinals lose 6-3, fell behind 6-0. It was Carlos Martinez, was not effective early on. What did Mike see from his starter? Yeah, I think the takeaway, look, you can spin it a lot of different ways, right, Mark? You can look at it and say, you know, good hitting club made him pay for some mistakes. Um, And then you can also easily say, you know what, the guy got better as the game went. You know, Donaldson just kind of got there and flicked one, but he was really good in the third and was efficient, you know, in the in the fourth. So, outside of a few mistakes, Carl's going to be fine. You know, that's probably be my wrap-up point to it. I'm, I'm not concerned about Carlos. You know, he, he didn't get away with some mistakes and, and um, you know, made him pay. But other than that, he, you know, and you can't overlook it, he gave up, you know, five runs. But outside of that, it was pretty darn effective. Wiggled out of some damage in the first made pitches so we'll see his next start coming up next week uh 636 danny mack nothing against Ponce, but why not kk wasn't he the last cut for the rotation to begin with legitimate question a very good question as a matter of fact and thanks for texting in 65780 i've done a lot of thinking about this um and i'm with you um but here's my thought process on it KK comes here, uh, fights with Martinez, and I say fight in a good way, to battle out that position. Then they go to KK and they say, look, and this is a guy that's a veteran, 13 years in the KBO, starter, built as a starter, did a little bit relieving, not much. And they say, okay, and this is my guess. You're the man in the back end of the ro- of, of the bullpen. Matter of fact, you're our closer. And they build him up. You're the guy. We think you have the stuff to finish games off. You're our guy. So this is how we want you to prepare for the back end of games. It's not easy. Sometimes it's going to be two out of three. Well, we saw two out of three last week. He was not effective against the Pirates. Cardinals kind of squeaked through that, as a matter of fact. Got that game-ending double play on a hard-hit ball. Matter of fact, I came away a little concerned watching that. Loved his stuff in the exhibition against the Royals. Then I saw on Friday, and I was like, ooh, that stuff doesn't play wasn't as sharp however one game love his stuff as a starter i do but again the mindset the mental part of it pro athlete major league guy we're saying you're the guy but now all of a sudden we're saying okay hold on pump the brakes you're back in the rotation and again we 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 should say to these guys hey adjust on the fly it's only 60 games and i get it your point is valid but we've gone to you and we've said, you're the guy in the back end. We want you to be the closer. And I'm not saying this can't change and go back the other way and he's in the rotation. I'm not. But I think for the time being, I don't think they want to just flip-flop immediately. I want to, I want to say they, they try this. And if it doesn't work, it's not to say that they couldn't put him back in the rotation. Does that make sense, Scott? If Ponce gets lit up tonight, Dan, is he who's starting in five days? Well... Again, I don't think they want to have knee-jerk reactions yet. But again, time is of the essence. 60 games. Okay, so I'm playing both sides of the fence. Right. I get it. Because people are going, Dan, you said this, and now you do I get it. Hold on. 
And the same can be said about Martinez. Now, what what if he goes out next time he gets lit up? Right. Um, And he's effective as a closer. He's really good. When the game is on the line, yeah, there's some Tums moments. I get it. But for the most part, he's pretty good. I think his starter ERA is 3.36. His reliever ERA is 3.37. Gets the job done, though. Um, And KK has been built for 13 years in the KBO as a starter. It's a tough situation. I I think, though, as we speak here in late July, it's tough to say, okay, on Friday you're the closer and now you're going the rotation. I I just think that they let it play out for the immediate and be ready for any kind of decisions that you have to change as you go along. I think that's the way they play it. Again, it's fluid, but I think that's what they're going to do for the immediate. It's not to say, though, it doesn't change. Right. I feel like the conversation that went with Kim, especially after seeing his performance, maybe he's like, hey, I'm ready to have that conversation. I didn't like that. I'm not comfortable. Maybe you should try to revamp me. Or he was like, all right, wait, what the heck? Just like what you said, Dan. Uh, you guys just told me I'm the closer. Uh, now you want me to be the starter? Like, I just signed here. What what, what are we doing here? Well, I, I think maybe that's part of it. You know, you built you built him up and, and saying you're the man. And now you're going back in the rotation. And so just let it play out a little bit. Again, it's an outlier of a season. It's nothing is set in stone. I think roles are going to change as we go. And again, you may see that even tonight with Bader and Thomas. You don't know. I mean, Lane Thomas could be in the starting lineup. Um, this is uh, from the 314. How in the world did Ozuna win a gold glove? Shocking. One thing about Marcelo Zuna, and I saw him play a lot in spring training when he was with the Marlins, he was not a bad defensive player. The Cardinals got him with a bum shoulder. He could throw, by the way. Could throw. Could. Just, they got him, his shoulder was never the same. Mar- uh, Marlins saw him at his best with that shoulder. Just never healed properly, I don't think. Well, Dan, I, I was thinking, I think fans would want you to touch on one more thing about the starting rotation is that Mo spoke about an external option. Do you think Fulty would be an option at all if they would go after him? I think teams are going to take a flyer on him, and the first team that will will be the Marlins. They need pitching. They need bodies. They need to get people in. So if I'm the Marlins, I take a flyer on him. I think he's making something like 7 or $8 million. This is the guy that started in Game 5 last year, the NLCS, and was an all-star, I think, a couple years ago. You have to look at that. Um John Gant to start from the 636. No way. Love John Gant where he's at. John Gant, by the way, could wind up being your closer. John Gant looked really good last night. Um, and I know they have looked at him being a starter in years past, but he's not stretched out to do it. You don't have enough time to get there. Um, there's no way that that's going to happen, at least in my opinion. The other thing you have coming too in your satellite camp, you got Alex Reyes. You got to look at that too. That's another option. Now, how much has he been throwing? Again, I don't know. I don't know how much he stretched out, but that is an option to look at. And when you get these guys with a 30-man roster, even a 28, you could piggyback some guys. So you could go Reyes for two or three. And then you could look at Henesis uh, Cabrera for two or three and then get into what is a good bullpen so far. The, you know, the, the four games they played, the bullpen has been really good. ERA under two. Something to think about. But again... You know, it's it's fluid. This is not a normal season. And that's why I say, you know, Kim right now, and Kim could come in and try to close tonight and not look good. And they say, well, we maybe we look at him in mid or relief. Maybe he goes in the rotation. You don't know. Ponce could go out tonight and get lit up. Ponce could go out tonight and give you six. You just don't know. 
Again, it's a state of flux. All right. If you didn't see it last night, the Dodgers were in Houston. Old buddy Joe Kelly, back at it. Uh, This would have been such a unique season anyway for Houston anytime they were on the road because of what happened with the cheating scandal in baseball, banging trash cans, sign stealing, all that kind of stuff. And so Joe Kelly um, threw one over the head of Bregman. Bregman goes to first base. Then he throws over to first base to make Bregman dive in to first base two or three times. Then Correa's up. He struck him out. Those two have words. Bench is clear. Socially distanced, of course. Um, Dusty Baker, after the game, this is what he had to say. Balls get away sometimes, you know, but not that many in the big leagues. And, uh, you know, when you throw a 3-0 fastball over a guy's head, I mean, now you're flirting with his, uh, you know, ending his career. Then a couple other guys, balls are close. And then, you know, what really enraged everybody is when, you know, he told Carlos, I mean, he struck him out. And, uh, and, he, and he told him, night swing and see, what are, you, what are you supposed to do then? And then what upset me is that the umpires warned us, you know, why don't you warn him? You know, he's the one throwing a, throwing a ball and, the, you know, he's the one that started this this mess in the first place. Now, this is Joe Kelly, the former Cardinal that at one point uh, interviewed Nelly as a disguised older gentleman during a pregame show. Occasionally, you would see him during pregame batting practice doing the worm in the outfield. Um, probably should be left-handed. Mean that with all due respect. Well, with all due respect, Dusty, uh, the Astros started it too. They did. <laughs> Joe Kelly had an up-and-down season with the Dodgers, and now the Dodger fans are saying he might be a Hall of Famer in Dodger Blue. After last night, they love him. And Joe, with a straight face on a Zoom call, met with the media. It was a ball, obviously. Uh, wasn't my my best pitch. Um, I mean, it was ball four, and walked him. And never good to put a guy on when you're leading the game. So, uh, some that you know, I wasn't feeling the greatest. wasn't the most comfortable. Um, took me a while to hone in my mechanics. With with the no fans here, it's easy to hear some stuff. Um, you know, so I like picking off a couple times. It's fun. Um, but yeah, something that apparently they didn't take too kind to. But I mean, my accuracy isn't the best. I broke my window with my newborns coming two days before they were born. Uh, so it is what it is. I'm not uh, the face that you made to Correa walking off, what was that exchange? Uh, I don't remember the words. It's kind of the moment type thing. Um, I guess my expression was what I interpreted in my head, uh, what he was saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I threw my curveball. Um, I guess I didn't take too kind to it, a, a, a curveball. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. You know, walked a couple guys, was able to get out of the inning. Uh, finally made one good pitch um, for the punch out and, you know, was able to keep the lead where it was at, uh, especially with us not playing, you know, the best baseball in the first four games, um, be able to come out and win against that team. You know, they're a good team. Um, so that was big. Well, old buddy Joe Kelly, I'm, I'm not for headhunting. If, if you're going to hit a guy, and I, I do believe that's part of the game, it does happen, whether you believe it or not. You know, you, you want to put it on his rear end, that kind of thing. But Joe Kelly sent a message, and it probably won't be the only time that that happens to Houston 
And by the way, it's going to carry over to next year. Imagine when they go to Yankee Stadium and there's fans, or if there's interleague play and they go to the Mets, or when there's interleague play and they go to Dodger Stadium. It's going to happen. It's just going to happen. It's not going to be forgotten. Baseball fans are going to remember when they come back. It's not going away. Correa, Bregman, others. It's just going to happen. Bingo. Done. Uh, Blues hockey tonight. Craig Berube on what he hopes to see during this exhibition game. Uh, I'm not not really sure what to expect, to be honest with you. Um, What I hope to see is what I talked about earlier. Uh, You know, I think it's important that we play uh, within our structure. We play the right way. Um, You know, I would like to see the pace up high and um, I'd like to see the intensity up. I mean, we got to we got to get ready to play it. And again, it's our only game before we play a meaningful games starting August second. So Colton Pareko and the Blues back at it tonight. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. Obviously, we've uh, kind of been without hockey for four months, and we've been scrimmaging against each other as a team. So getting the chance to obviously play against someone in a different sweater will be nice. And um, it's always fun to obviously go in, into battle and do it. Do what we like to do, and, and that's play hockey, obviously. So um, it'll be exciting, uh, and obviously we're, we're looking forward to uh, just getting things rolling here and uh, getting into the the round robin games, and then obviously the playoffs. Blues and Hawks pregame at 4:30 on 101 ESPN. You can listen to it tonight right here on your home of St. Louis Blues hockey, also on Fox Sports Midwest, and we've got baseball tonight on Fox Sports Midwest as well. Pregame at 6:30. Sports are back, and Brian Walton is coming up on 101 ESPN. It's a Wednesday, and we always visit with Brian Walton of TheCardinalNation.com. You get great news at his website, TheCardinalNation.com. Visit with Brian every Wednesday, and baseball is back. And, Brian, the Cardinals are now 2-2. Two and two. Took the first two games of the Pittsburgh series, dropping the opener of their road, uh, three-city road trip, starting last night in Minnesota. We'll get into that and much more, but as always, good morning to you. How are things going? Good morning, Dan. It's a pleasure to be on. Well, let's talk about uh, what we saw last night. Carlos Martinez, we know that he beat out K.K. Kim as the de facto, if you want, fourth or fifth starter, however you want to put it. But he's in the starting rotation. Uh, Wasn't overly sharp early on. Had the one bad inning, then kind of settled in. But six runs, all earned. Didn't look great. What did you think of uh, Carlos Martinez last night? We know Carlos has the pitches, but for whatever reason, they were over the plate. And, you know, the Minnesota Twins won 101 games last year. It wasn't a fluke. And they made an addition to their offense, a huge addition in Josh Donaldson. And you can see that lineup from top to bottom are good. And, you know, they, nobody can afford to put, you know, pitches down in the middle of the plate. And when he, when he did, they got hit. I, I thought Martinez was almost too much around the plate. I, I, I don't know if that was – you know, by design, if he wasn't pitching in enough, um, you know, whatever the case was, wasn't the movement that we saw in the exhibition game against Kansas City the other day. Team, um, it's not Kansas City. It's not Pittsburgh. It's not the lesser teams. I mean, you got to be on. And if you looked at what the relievers did pitching inside, and I thought that's something that maybe you look forward to tonight. But we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, certainly Austin Gomber, I thought, was was exceptional. And, you know, you don't know about Carlos. His history is he doesn't start well in games, you know, in the early innings. Maybe he was amped up because it was his first start in a long time. So, you know, we, we got to give Carlos a little more, you know, window than just one start. But obviously that was not an encouraging outing last night. Miles Michaelis is done for the year. Daniel Ponce de Leon will go in the rotation. Tell me the thought process and what you think about this. Daniel going in the rotation and keeping Kim in the back end. 
Well, John Mozeliak was very clear yesterday in saying that, you know, they're considering the rotation on a day-to-day basis. And initially the move was to not disrupt what they set up. And what he meant was that they had just taken KK Kim and moved him from starting to becoming the closer. And they don't want to turn right back around, you know, two days later and say, okay, now you're back in the rotation again. They've got other options. Uh, and Daniel Ponce de Leon is the person that they've named to, you know, to make this start uh, on, on Wednesday. But Mosaic was also clear to say, hey, this is day-to-day. I'm not saying that this is how the rotation is going to stay over the next two weeks. And so, you know, Ponce de Leon, but I hope, I, Mosaic, hope that Ponce de Leon takes and runs with it. So Daniel's got an opportunity, you know, but he realizes that there's other guys like Austin Gomber who are around that could take that role if he shows that he can't handle it. Right now, you know, Kim is the closer, and he's going to stay the closer, but we also saw Giovanni Gallegos activated off the injured list and got his first action um, last night. So, you know, this is going to be a situation that's going to evolve over time. But you just hope that the only the Michaelis spot in the rotation is the one in question and that Carlos Martinez and Dakota Hudson, who had a, a rocky outing, uh, you know, in his first appearance of the year, you know, kind of straighten, straighten themselves out for in their, in their future outings. You've covered Daniel for a long time in the minor leagues, and it's been really a up-and-down career, and he had the brain surgery, literally had brain surgery on the comebacker that was hit, came back. He's a great story. Uh, he's gone to uh, a performance enhancement uh, center in terms of trying to get his mechanics right and paid for it out of his own pocket this offseason to get right. He's a, ch- changed his delivery going into the season. Uh, go into that a little bit and what you're expecting to see out of Daniel. Well, Daniel went to uh, Driveline Baseball, which is a, an academy up in the Northwest, and he, he really worked on understanding from an analytic perspective and from a physical perspective how he could maximize his effectiveness as a pitcher. And, you know, we know from the past that, that Daniel's bread and butter is, you know, he can work the ball all around the zone and, and get strikeouts up high. And so, you know, with a hot, good hitting twins offense, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if he challenges them and, and can be successful, but he's, you know, worked extremely hard and like Gomber, you know, they would start for a lot of major league teams. It's just the Cardinals have this wealth of starting pitching and, you know, little did we know it would, uh, you know, come into play here in the first week of the season. Absolutely. In terms of just overall picture, the first uh, four games of the season, give me, uh, give me your general view of what you've seen from the Cardinals. What have you thought? Well, I mean, it was the first two games were, you know, offense and encouragement that, you know, the Cardinals uh, were able to score runs against the Pirates' top two starters. And the last two games have been concerned about pitching, being able to keep the ball in the park and, you know, the runs not really scoring. As uh, last night, the you know pitching gave up six runs, and you know if if the Cardinals have to score seven runs a game to win, you know they're not going to have a successful season. So you know this is all about run prevention, and no matter how good the defense is, if the ball's going over the fence, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I know at at your website, thecardinalnation.com, you have written a very interesting article. Uh, concerning Dylan Carlson and concerning a short season and whether or not he should be up. And I I do find it with any top prospect, how, and I've been saying it from day one, how an organization approaches this season, the validity of 60 games. Uh, Can we get through 60 games? Do you want to start a clock of a top prospect? So dive into that for people that would love to go and read that, thecardinalnation.com. Brian Walton has written a a piece on Dylan Carlson. What's your take on, on what's happening with Dylan? Well, the answer to the question is going to be tied to several questions. 
how optimistic are you that you think the, this entire season is going to be played? Because if you think the season is going to be played out to its end and the Cardinals, you know, have a better chance of winning the World Series if Carlson plays and you consider that World Series to be legitimate and then bringing up Carlson is the right thing to do. But on the other hand, if you're worried that this season may not be played, that even if it is played, you know, there's going to be this asterisk that's going to make 2020 look odd. There is reasons from the business side to say, you know, keeping Carlson down in the minor leagues until next April, April 2021, would give them a full year of Carlson services at the back end of his six years of control, which would be 2027. And yeah, the 2027 season is a long time from now, no doubt about it. But, you know, the worst case scenario would be they bring Carlson up tomorrow, he plays for a week, and then the season goes down the drain, and now all of a sudden, you know, you've, you've uh, lost that opportunity potentially to, to save that one year of his service down the road. So, it, you know, it really gets down to how serious you are about this year, the 2020, in terms of not only baseball, but also then what to do with Dylan Carlson. I think with Major League Baseball, Brian, by them not canceling the season and seeing as many Miami Marlins have tested positive and saying, look, we're going forward, um, at least speaking today, they're they're forging ahead, man. They're, they're going to play these games. They're going to somehow get this thing done. I, I find it amazing that we're continuing, and I'm happy that they are. I, I think it's great for baseball that they continue. Uh, some people say that that could be callous. I understand that, but... Um, by them continuing, it's it's pretty amazing that they're continuing. W- what was your initial reaction when you heard that? Number one and number two, um, do they continue? Do you think do you think that the season will continue as we move forward? Well, I think it was definitely a wake up call in that they had a you know uh, early warning that you know three or four of the Marlins players they knew by Friday were you know were positive, but they didn't have enough time to get the testing done, and they made you know, what was potentially a, a dangerous decision to play last Friday, but fortunately the Phillies players apparently were not infected, staff were not infected. And so it didn't, it, you know, it was able to be contained. And I think as long as, you know, a, a, a breakout can only be on one team, then it's probably going to be all right. But if this happens with two or three other teams over the next two months, you know, I think that's when the season, you know, will, will be at risk and hopefully they can avoid that. But, you know, there's just so many moving parts, not only these, these players in their communities, but also, you know, as they're traveling and all the risks on the road. And even if the players do everything, you know, if you have a a hotel worker or you have a a flight attendant on an airplane, you know, there are so many different ways, you know, I'm, I'm definitely worried about this season making it to its end, but like you, I hope upon hope that we'll be able to watch baseball uh, through the world series in October. Absolutely. The Yankees players though, make quite a statement when they say collectively and vote and they say, look, tell us, where and we're going to be there and they're going to play tonight i mean that's quite a statement that they're making and just on the other side of the coin the washington national said you know to a man well it's what they had one player uh, who voted contrary said you know we're not traveling to miami sure so you know these players are going to you know make decisions based on how they feel the the risk is for their health but overall yeah they you know they all voted to come back they all want to play baseball but they just want to make sure that the environment is safe and you know, there's no doubt that Major League Baseball is trying to do everything they possibly can to to keep things safe. It's just, you know, there are so many variables. It, it concerns me. It, it concerns everybody. There's no doubt. Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com, my guest. We do this every Wednesday. When you look at the Cardinals right now, I, I've said from day one, their pitching is going to be their depth. Um, 
so far so good with their bullpen. And and that's the thing. I mean, even last night, Carlos not sharp, bullpen very good. I, I think with the lesser teams, Minnesota is one of the top teams. I thought that in spring training. I think that now when you get into the bullpens of other teams, especially early, Brian, and that's what we're seeing across the board. For instance, two days ago, there was no starter that went five innings or beyond five innings. You can get into the bullpens, and even with a lesser offense, that's where you can make hay. And I think that's why these first two weeks for the Cardinals are so important. I agree with you, Dan. Uh, and that is an advantage the Cardinals have because, you know, as much as we see the, the frontline relievers, you know, guys like, uh, like Tyler Webb and John Gantt, have been just as exceptional as the others. And so, you know, if they get into a game where you've got four innings of bullpen pitching and the, and the score is equal, I, I like the Cardinals pretty much every time. When you think of the top of the lineup, are you happy with Wong, Edmund, you know, Goldschmidt, DeYoung, that, that top four combination so far? Are you going to keep going with that, you think? I, I do, and you know, part of it is that you know those guys have earned those spots, but part of it is that there aren't really a lot of replacements because you look at the bottom of the lineup where you've got your three outfielders, and you know Harrison Bader struggling. He certainly is not, you know, he, the bigger question with Harrison Bader is not, uh, you know, would you move him to the top of the lineup, but how long can you afford to start him? You know, he made a defensive play last night that was not what you would expect from a Gold Glove caliber center fielder, and if Bader doesn't shine with the glove or the bat, you, you know, you got to wonder why he's in there. So. You know, I think it's a little of both, but I, I do like Colton Wong as a leadoff man. I think he's earned that spot. Tommy Edmond, you know, has just been a, a spark ever since he's been with the team, and that allows then um, Matt Carpenter to be in more of an RBI position in the in the fifth spot. And he, you know, got a couple hits last night. So, uh, you know, I hopefully we don't see the the Carpenter of 2019, but the Carpenter of 2018 for the rest of the year. Yeah, he had a couple of hits last night to right field, beat the shift. Um, in terms of what we're seeing with Bader, do you, do you go with Lane Thomas tonight? Now, Bader did have a double, struck out to end the game against Romo. You knew the slider was coming. I, I thought Mike may make a move, but he didn't. But what do you do with Bader? I know it's only four games in, but it's a short season. So what do you do? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. Mike Schilt has you know shown confidence in his veterans. He's pretty much stayed with the same line. Thomas did get one start in St. Louis. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how much rope uh, Harris is going to be given, but, you know, if it were me, you know, I would certainly consider giving Lane Thomas more of a more of an audition. And not only just because of Harrison Bader, but also because of the question of, of Dylan Carlson. And, you know, Carlson, they've been the Carlson been very clear all along that Dylan Carlson has to wait until they fully evaluate O'Neill and Thomas. And you can't evaluate Thomas while he's sitting on the bench. Jake Woodford has been added off the taxi squad with the news of uh, what's happened with Miles Michaelis. So tell our fans, I, I know you've covered a lot of Jake Woodford in the minor leagues, uh, what kind of pitcher the Cardinals are getting in, in Jake Woodford, who's been added to the, right now, 30-man roster. Yeah, Jake Woodford, uh, you know, had the opportunity to start for the Pacific Coast League in the in the All-Star, the AAA All-Star game uh, last year. And, you know, he's just he's just been an impressive a performer. His strikeouts were up last season and he, you know, and he, but his walks were as well. So his issue was sort of like Daniel Ponce de Leon in the minor leagues that, you know, there were just a few too more, few too many bases on balls for what you'd like to see. And he was, you know, relatively uh, inconsistent, but he started throwing more four seamers and he picked up a curveball to give him a little stronger arsenal than he had in the past. Um, and, you know, he, uh, He's a guy who's been traditionally a starter, but clearly, you know, for the Cardinals, you know, he's at the back end of the bullpen, so he's going to be a, uh, you know, a guy to fill in and, and mop up duty uh, in certain cases. When they cut down from 30 to 28, 
to 26. You know, you look at guys like Woodford and potentially you know, Junior Fernandez, the guys who, you know, maybe would be the ones to end up going back down to summer camp. But it's a great opportunity for Jake Woodford to get his first taste of major leagues. And, you know, he's really earned that. And then finally, uh, I'll wrap it up. What kind of news are you hearing at uh, the satellite camp in Springfield? I know news is, is limited down there. Uh, access is probably limited, too. We know Jose Okendo is running that. But are, are you hearing anything down there? Or is it tough to get some of the news? Yeah, we haven't been able to uh, get media access yet, although the Cardinals have told us that that's going to change this week. So, you know, we don't know. Now they've had the influx of all the players that were cut from the St. Louis roster at the beginning of the season. So they have 26 players down there. So there's enough uh, critical mass of players that they can begin to have scrimmages once they're sure, you know, everybody's ready and works out. We do know that Alex Reyes and uh, Genesis Cabrera are both supposed to pitch uh, today throw live batting practice and the Cardinals, you know, want to see them build themselves up a little bit before they're brought back to St. Louis. So that's another factor when I mentioned, you know, guys like Woodford and Fernandez might not be too long for St. Louis, you know, because they're still hoping that Alex Reyes and Hennessy Cabrera can contribute. So uh, the other injury situation, Brad Miller, who had been down there briefly has decided to rejoin St. Louis and, uh, you know, whether he'll be activated for the Milwaukee series is sort of a, a day-to-day decision. He's been out with some uh, with an ankle-slash-foot uh, injury. TheCardinalNation.com, what are you working on? There's daily content there. What are you working on for tomorrow? Well, we we have, a, we have a, a daily recaps of all the major league games this year. So if you want a quick look at, you know, what happened the night before in the game and a link to the box score, uh, we've got that. As I said, the big article up today is uh, about this uh, Dylan Carlson situation. I just ask you to read it and, you know, think about it with an open mind. Uh, you know, is this something that the Cardinals should consider? And let's have discussion about it. Uh, we're continuing to do series on uh, former Cardinals and, uh, you know, where they've gone. The latest is on Jonathan Rodriguez, who was the uh, first player to sort of put his arm around Carlos Martinez when he came up to the U.S. So we have a, a lot going on just about what's going on with baseball right now and then as well as looking back at the past. And as I said, once Springfield is opened up, uh, we'll have a local reporter there at all of the workouts and all of the scrimmages that they, they let us attend. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Brian Walton, every Wednesday. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Some of the text messages rolling in. Danny Mac, love hearing from Joe Kelly with someone hitting a trash can in the background. Well, they were a couple of years ago and last year. So not sure about this year. I certainly would doubt it. But uh, Joe Kelly, interesting what happened last night in Houston. Will the Blues game be televised? Yeah, it's televised. It's also on your radio. 4.30 with the pregame show tonight on 101. And uh, Blues Hockey, 5.30, Fox Sports Midwest. Cardinal Baseball, 6.30 tonight on Fox Sports Midwest. 314, interesting question here. Danny Mack, have you been to some of our national parks? Um, Yeah, Uh, Francis Park down in South City, one of the great national parks that you've ever probably taken in. Just a national park. Um, Scott, it's not a national park. Don't nod your head. Oh, I I was going to say, I've never heard of it. Come on, man. I know. You're better than that. I know. There's this thing like they do called Scotty doesn't know. I, I don't know a lot of things. It's pretty embarrassing. That You should be embarrassed on that one. I am pretty embarrassed. Francis Park, man. Where, I grew up in South St. Louis, baby. Where is it? South St. Louis? Is that where yes. it's at? Yes. You've oh. been to Ted Drew's? A couple times. Okay. You've had the ice cream at Ted Drew's? Yeah. Handful. <sighs> I know. I'm. You're disappointed in me. That one I'm disappointed. I'm sorry. A national park, man. No, not Francis Park. South City, baby. 
Let's I'm, get some culture in you. I'm from Wildwood. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Francis Park. That's where I uh, grew up down in uh, good old South St. Louis. Love it. Uh, let's see. Um, how many games would Dylan Carlson have to be out and then bring him up and then gain a year of service time? I think it's six or seven. And it's not to say they'd bring him up even at that point. You know, they want to see what they have with O'Neal, Thomas, Bader. I'm not sure they bring him up anyway. I'm just not sure. We'll see. Time will tell. I think it's six, though. Not positive. Six or seven. All right, cross it over. Ribs and BK coming up next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. BK Ribs coming up. We've got hockey and baseball going on tonight. BK, what's coming up on the show? Oh, Chris Kerber is going to be on the call tonight. We have pregame coming up on 101 ESPN for Blues versus Blackhawks at 430. He will be joining us, Chris Kerber will, at noon. And Dan, I want to talk to you about what happened last night with your broadcast. You were in the studio here in St. Louis while the Cardinals were playing up in Minnesota. I want to get your perspective on that. So we'll be joined by you coming up at 1 o'clock. All right, looking forward to it. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.